1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. And sitting next to me is my co-host, Scott.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: And he is my husband. That
2: it's <laughs> the first time you've ever admitted that.
1: <laughs> we have a special guest today. He's a speaker friend of ours, Bill Humbert. His business is the TheRecruiterGuy.com. He is a recruiting consultant, a senior career transition consultant, and author of Recruiter Guy's Guide to Finding a Job. As a national recognized expert in both recruitment and in career transition, he is often called to speak. He's been married to for almost forty four years to his life, Linda. And if you could see him
2: life, Linda.
1: Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh, to his wife, Linda. (laughs) And he was just doing the happy dance as I was saying that.
0: No, that's great because because she is my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And we don't have to be perfect. We just keep on going.
0: Right. Uh, they have
1: two married daughters and two delightful granddaughters. Hey, I'm hearing a lot of twos there. And double two is 44. Is 44. So, wow. There's and our, four sisters. Oh, that's our number connection here.
2: Wow. I don't know. Some people are crazy about numbers, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little bit about you, Scott. I think that number two might be a little special. Yeah, two and 222. and Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We love it.
1: Okay. Bill has a really unique story and we want to dive into that. And I think it began in Washington, D.C.
0: That's correct. Back in uh, April of 1969, I was reading the Washington Post, and I saw an ad from Greyhound. Greyhound advertised that they would take you from Washington to D.C. D. all the way to L.A. in five days.
1: Now, why were you in D.C.? Were you there on holiday, on vacation? or
0: No, I was born nine blocks from the White House, so I'm a true native.
1: Wow. What was it like, before we even dive into the what you're leading up to, what was right. it like growing up in Washington, D.C.?
0: You know, the 50s and 60s, D.C. was a great place to grow up. It was safe. Uh, When I was seven, a friend of mine and I walked a mile to the district line. We were in Maryland. And we caught the K-4 bus, took it down to Georgia Avenue, transferred to another bus, took it down to Griffith Stadium, watched the Washington Senators play. Oh, wow. wow. (laughs) That summer. And you were how old? I was seven years old. Wow. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: So it was, you know, it was a different time, different place, and it was a delightful place to grow up.
1: All right. So now let's jump to, what did you say? 1969. 69. 69. Yes. I was six years old. Wow. <laughs>
0: you don't, she looks like she's only in
2: her thirties. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I know, but I look a lot older and I was, uh,
0: I'd be eight years old. And when I read the ad, I thought, well, if Greyhound can do it, so can I. And that's when I hit on. In five
1: days across country?
0: In five days across country. Uh. And I didn't have a car. So
2: you're not just jumping in your car and going. Because I'm thinking, well, yeah, of course, if a bus can do it, you can do it in a car.
0: That's right. But no, I have a friend from South Boston, and he flew down the night before. And what we did is we set a goal to hitchhike from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles in five days.
2: And how old were you? Nineteen. You were 19 years old and heading across the country.
0: Yes.
1: What did your mom say about this?
0: Well, I was the oldest of seven kids, and I think mom and dad were more concerned about the example that I was setting than anything else.
1: (laughs) Was this a poor example, or was this a good example?
0: I'm thinking my dad was pretty sure it was a poor example. (laughs) My mom, um, you know, it was their fault that I kind of want to go on this adventure, When I was nine years old, they gave me a book to read during the summer. Tom Sawyer.
2: Oh, no. That was the wrong book. (laughs) That
0: was the wrong book. Talk about adventures. Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just decided that I would uh, go on an adventure. And Jack had already hitchhiked all the way to Colorado, so he kind of knew the ropes. And what I did was I supplied what it took to meet the goals. So your listeners can't see it, but this is one of the original signs we created for going across country. There was one for L.A. that was like this.
1: We're going to take a picture of this and put it in our show notes. So it just has, it says Frisco, where from Wash, D.C.?
0: And yes.
2: We'll, and it says, yeah, Frisco. So, I mean, it doesn't even like get centered. You ran out of
0: room and you had to put I that did. last uh, that, little, oh. That's right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't a graphic designer. What can I say? <laughs> it's on
1: fluorescent orange poster board and fluorescent yellow uh, paint. Exactly. So I wanted <laughs> to be seen.
0: Bottom. I wanted to be seen. Smart. And, oh, yeah, on the back is is my journal.
1: Wow. So written on the back... Yeah. is the journal the day and where you headed. My goodness. Okay. We're going to take a picture of that put it in our show notes.
2: That is awesome. So your parents are a little bit struggling with this going across yeah, the country. My right? dad was really, really upset with me.
0: Yeah.
2: Really upset.
0: <laughs> and you didn't have a job at the time or did you? And then you'd quit it. I worked at a Toys R Us distribution center. And uh, that served me well during the trip because one ride was with a trucker and he said, I'll give you a ride from Columbus, Ohio to St. Louis if you help me unload the truck. And so in St. Louis, we unloaded 2,500 cartons in two and a half hours.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> I knew how to unload a truck.
1: <laughs> wow. So negotiated your ride. Okay. And yep. then what was next? Did you get any sleep?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, you know, you in slept between. as you rode. Yep.
1: But when you got to your destination, it sounded like then you were ha- having to hurry to your next destination.
0: Well, you know, when you set goals, you have to make specific goals and then make it challenging. So that's part of the hurry. And, but it has to be attainable. You know, you have to think, well, I, you know, I can do this. So I created a word, SCAMPS, and the S stands for specific and the strategy. And what we decided we would do was hitchhike out of D.C. on Interstate 70 and follow that as far as we could. And then from there, we'd make decisions which direction we would go. Probably south because we are going to Los Angeles. The first day, we knew we had to be in Kansas City by the second night. So that's S-C-A is attainable, M is measurable. And so we knew we had to be two nights into the trip, we had to be in Kansas City, and that's exactly where we were. And I thought, wow, if we can make it to here in two days, we've got a real shot making all the way across country. The next day, we got two or three rides, got just north of Wichita, Kansas, and a couple driving a car pulling a U-Haul, had Iowa plates on it, stopped. And they said, we're moving to Huntington Beach, California. Do you want a ride?
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we made it in five days.
2: Oh, that is Awesome. I have picked up a lot of hitchhikers. I, I've gone to Montana and I picked up a hitchhiker in Ogden and took him all the way to Dillon, Montana. Wow. And, and then on the way home, did the same thing. As soon as I left, there was a guy hitchhiking south and I yep. picked him up and brought him all the way home. And there's times where it's nice to have the company and other times you're sitting there thinking, ah, I wish I was just by myself. Right. <laughs> <Just thinking laughs> yeah. About. Yeah. Didn't have to carry on a conversation with somebody I don't know. Right. And so how was that going with all these new people and meeting new people? I mean, I'm sure it's fun and exciting for a minute. And then pretty soon you're getting tired and you're like, oh, do I just fall asleep in front of these people? Or, or how do I do this?
0: Well, usually we only slept when they stopped. There have been many places that I've slept that have, are really interesting, you know, like on the shoulder next to an interstate ramp in Kansas City. Uh, I've slept next to the uh, swimming pool at the Holiday Inn in downtown Amarillo. And I must have been really tired that night because people parked five feet from my head and I didn't even know they were there. <laughs> <He was tired. laughs>
2: and that brings up another question. I've slept at rest stops along the way. I just put out a sleeping bag on the lawn, but it seems like the sprinklers go off in the middle of the night. And, you know, it's just one of those deals. Right. Yeah. So you had your work cut out for you going across there and just meeting new people. And what, what was the, the general questions or, or things that you got from each person that you, that you'd. You know, that would pick you up and take you for a ride. What was their concerns? Were they like, what do your parents think of this? What what was the kind of questions they were asking?
0: You know, I don't remember a single person asking me what my parents thought. Not one. It was more, are you in school? Um, Why are you doing this? And you know, when I told him it was an adventure that really made him excited because they're taking part in this adventure and
2: all you, to, all you had to say was Tom Sawyer and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right.
0: Now I understand. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hey, I have a question. Sure. Do you keep in touch with these people? Did you um, become friends?
0: No. No, no. <laughs> you know, there was not cell phones back then. There was no internet back then there. So it was business no cards, cards. and nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody was giving me business cards. I didn't know, you know, and that time was really interesting when you think about it because Vietnam was going on. So there were, you know, pro- protests for Vietnam or against Vietnam. There were the the poor blacks we in that transition period from having—I literally rode on buses in Washington, D.C., where they had to sit in the back of the bus, you know, when I was growing up. So we had all of that strife going on in the United States back then, when you think about it. And so there wasn't a lot of wanting by people to maintain contact because they didn't know who they were picking up, really.
2: So speaking of Vietnam, um, did, that, did you get um, drafted, or were you eligible for that, or—
0: I um, my number was ninety three when I graduated from college in nineteen seventy one, and then I ended up with a deferment because of asthma.
2: Wow! So your friends were
0: leaving though. Yeah, yeah. I had lots of friends go to Vietnam. Yeah.
1: All right. I want to ask you about your forty four year marriage. Sure. We've been married thirty four years. So Yay! Congratulations years on us. <laughs> so, what's what's the secret?
0: The secret is what Scott does. When you tell him you want him to do something, he says, yes, (laughs) ma'am. That's the secret.
1: And how many years did it take you to learn that?
0: I'm a slow learner. (laughs) No, I, you know, having four sisters, they trained me pretty well. So, um, so I learned fairly quickly that when Linda said you need to do this and plus she had this way of saying you need to do this, (laughs) that I decided, yeah, probably how to do this.
1: How did you meet your wife?
0: Uh, this gets me so much trouble with women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we want to hear but it. But this
0: is one time where I was really innocent. I was dating her best girlfriend. Uh, I was going to school in Worcester, Massachusetts. Her best girlfriend invited me to Easter Road in New York to spend Easter vacation. So this was senior year of college. And I hitchhiked from Worcester to Buffalo. And her best friend, Kim... Was t- she was taking me around, introducing me to all of her friends. And so she introduced me to Linda. And I was totally focused on Kim at that point. And I thought, well, Linda's really a nice person. And then came, went back to Buffalo the week be- between graduation and final exams to visit with Kim again. And Linda um, invited me to her sister's graduate, college graduation party from Niagara University and went to that. And her sister said, I'm coming to D.C. to work at Walter Reed. And I said, well, when you come to D.C., let me know. I'll set you up in an apartment, help you get all set. And I did that. And then Kim broke up with me because, and I understood. She was a freshman in college going into sophomore year. I was a senior in, in D.C. And she said, you know, I really want to date while I was in college. And so at Susan... Let me know that she was getting married in February and invited my sisters and I up to the wedding, went to the wedding. Linda said, hey, I'm coming to You see a trend. Uh I'm coming to Baltimore (laughs) for psychiatric training. She's a nurse. So I said, great. Come a little bit early. I'll take you around, show you around DC and Baltimore. And I think she got me because I said, "Do you have any girlfriends?" I just thought it was too close for Linda yeah. and Kim, you know. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Do you have any girlfriends in the trip that might want to date while they're in Baltimore?" So I called her on Wednesday, and she said, "No, but I'd like to go out this weekend." And six weeks later, we were engaged.
1: Wow! wow. <laughs> so here's the question: Are Kim and Linda still friends?
0: Yeah really close friends. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, they don't contact each other yeah. a lot, but yeah, they're, yeah. When we see them, it's all hugs and, you know, no, well, hugs awesome. and no kisses. Uh, there's some <laughs> kisses, but you know, they're, they're the, <laughs> 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 a little different. Aren't yes. you? So
2: you you've got a trend here. Uh, you, you said you hitchhiked to go see her. So do you hitchhiked everywhere? When, when did you get your first car?
0: Not until after I graduated from college yeah so, I hit I hitchhiked fifteen thousand miles
2: that, that thumb was wow. up a lot
0: yes it was the signs were out you can see it's what inch yes. and a half Let's worth go. of signs mm-hmm. Wow Incredible. that's cool
2: you just got you just got around by hitchhiking yeah, yeah. I did because I mean there's so many people that are so leery of, of hitchhikers mm-hmm. uh, and to be honest with you there's you know there's times where I've been nervous when I've picked somebody up people get leery and, and somehow you just must have had that honest space and hey I just need a ride
0: both Jack and I were friendly looking folks. And, you know, we, both of us are usually smiling as we were on the ramps waiting. And to that's get, what I was going to yeah. say. Were
2: you on the on-ramps or were you like in the truck stops trying to hit people up?
0: No, no. We, most of what we did was on the on-ramps. Um, I did, there was one memorable truck stop and it was the ride to the truck stop that was memorable. Somebody dropped me off on the interstate between Los Angeles and going to, I was heading back to Santa Barbara and they dropped me off on this ramp that was totally deserted. And back in those days, hitchhikers would write notes on the back of the sign that says no pedestrians, et cetera. And I went behind the sign and started reading. I waited here for three days before the first vehicle passed me. Oh no, <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> no. And one of them was... I've been here one scratch, two scratch, three scratch. (laughs) And finally, uh, so I'm standing there thinking, wow, it's going to be a long, long time here. And I hear this roar. And around the curve comes 25 motorcycles. And the guy in front, the leader, pulls over. Turns out it was uh, one of the groups of the Hells Angels. And the guy says, what in the heck are you doing here? (laughs) And I said, well, somebody must not like me very much. (laughs) And he said, I got an extra helmet in the back of my motorcycle, put it on, and I'll give you a ride up to the truck stop. So it was the ride to the truck stop.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this before we move on to your goal setting. Do you pick up hitchhikers now?
0: Only if they look like they're organized like me, and there aren't very many. So I'm pretty picky about who I pick up.
2: Right, right. That makes sense.
1: Okay, hey, I'm, I'm reading through your bio here that you sent us, and you talk about being dropped off at the canyon where the Span, how do you pronounce that? Spawn Ranch. S P A H N Ranch. That's that's kind of a famous place, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. So when we decide to hitchhike to San Francisco, to uh, Frisco, uh-huh. we set a goal to do it in 24 hours. And I really didn't know how long it was going to take, but I figured 24 hours was a safe goal for that one. Maybe not so challenging, but figured it was safe. And we got a couple of rides from Huntington Beach where the couple were living and we stayed with them for a few days. Mm. And one of the rides took us into Santa Monica and we were standing in Santa Monica with our Frisco sign. And these four girls in, a, in an old Oldsmobile stopped and picked us up. And they were really smart because the girls... On the right side, both the front and the back seat, opened the doors and got out and put Jack in the front seat between them and me in the back seat between them. And on my journal, Jack wrote, Bill said, soft. So they were both leaning towards us Mm -hmm. and they were trying to recruit us to go to this ranch. Now, what we haven't talked about was we arrived in L.A. two weeks after Sharon Tate was murdered by Manson's gang. And uh, Lo Biancos were, mar- were also murdered by, by them. And so nobody knew all the details at that time, You know, especially me. All I knew is that those murders occurred and the girls were talking about, hey, this guy gives us drugs and we have sex and we have fun. They never said what the fun was. <laughs> they really tried hard to recruit us up to Spawn Ranch. But we had a goal to be in San Francisco in 24 hours.
1: Thank goodness.
0: Thank goodness, right? And so we totally had blinders on, which was kind of amazing when you think about college students mm-hmm. that age. Right. Yeah. And they dropped us off at the Canyon Road that went up to the Spawn Ranch. So I don't know that it was Manson's girls, but I'm 99% sure it was. Yeah, that. yeah. That. yeah. Well, so I. I tell people I've got a great guardian angel, and that's just another wow. example of the guardian angel going no, 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 no.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a a goal, go. a goal that kept you on track and, and right. kept you out of trouble. Right. So,
0: so we yeah. ended up getting a ride from there all the way to San Francisco.
1: That started validating your, the importance of goal setting. It did. As we round out our twenty-two minutes here, let's just talk briefly about that scamps again as we close this episode.
0: Sure. The first S is for specific and then create a strategy. C is it has to be challenging. And the reason it has to be challenging is that you're not going to go after it if it's not challenging. It's got to be exciting to you. The A is it has to be attainable. The brain knows when you're playing games with it. So if it's too challenging, it's going to go, forget it. You can't do this. The M is it has to be measurable because you have to know where you are. And maybe you have to step up activity. Maybe you can keep it where it is. P is it has to be public. And I say public with the people who would support you because there are going to be naysayers. Don't even talk about your goals to them. So it's
1: important to say it out loud, not just write it on a piece of paper and right. keep it to yourself, but let others know.
0: That's right. And in addition to that, I made the public know.
1: By the signs. By
0: the signs. And that's how I engaged with them to get my rides. And then the final S is it has to have a specific end date because if it doesn't have a specific end date, it doesn't all tie together. So I say the two S's are the connections to the bungee cord that keep it together.
2: And that specific time-ending date is what kept you from getting in trouble.
0: That's right. You know,
2: to have something specific. I mean, if I had a goal, it's I'm going to climb Everest in 10 hours. You know, it's, it's, my mind's going to be like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, I mean, right. that's impossible. It can't right. happen. And, right. and it's just going to be just a joke. Yeah, What great. Where did you come up with that word? Did you come up with all the... You know, did you come up with a word and then create the acronym for it? Or how did you do all that?
0: What I did was uh, in high school, I paid my way through high school, I paid my way through college. And in high school, I was taught how to properly set goals. And that's pretty interesting because not many high schools, they teach that. But in my high school, at DeMatha High School, they did. And it was when I was writing my book that I created the acronym so that people could more easily remember how to do it. Right. Love it.
1: Let's tell our audience where they can connect with you.
0: Recruiterguy.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So anybody who would like to link with me on LinkedIn? I have over 4,600 direct connections and I'm an open, open networker. So they can send me a LinkedIn invitation. And it's com slash in slash recruiterguy. There you go. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. This has been fun.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.